Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Almost 3,000 years ago, the great prophet Isaiah penned these tremendous words in Isaiah chapter 32, verses 1 and 2. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment, and a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The words are both unsettling and comforting. But what did he mean? Who was this king? What is this tempest? When will all this happen? And how can a man be a hiding place? Well, in today's message, you will hear answers to these and other questions. Speaker Phil Coulson takes a hard look at our world today and the direction the world is rapidly going towards. He relates Isaiah's words to the Apostle John's revelations about the coming judgment on this planet. But before this happens, The king will remove all believers, the Bible calls them ambassadors, from this scene. We trust that today's broadcast will start you thinking seriously about these fearful future events. The first verse of Isaiah 32 says, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. And a man shall be as an hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And we're going to read a few verses from Psalm number 57. Verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, In the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge, until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God Most High, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Now we trust that God will bless to us the reading of these scriptures tonight. It's good to turn to the word of God and know that we can read something that's reliable and true. The proof of it is in the lives of so many people, men and women and young ones, who've been saved through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. When I was reading here in Isaiah chapter 32, I found it interesting that the first verse gives a statement, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. This world will soon see a period of administration, it will see a man reigning and ruling who will do so in righteousness. A kingdom where there will be no corruption. A kingdom where there will be no graft. Nobody will be getting paid off. There will be honesty. There will be peace. There will be charity. It will be a wonderful reign. And then we read of the second verse. And a man shall be a hiding place from the wind and a 
Covert from the Tempest. I want to speak to you just for a few minutes about a group of people just south of Jacksonville, Florida. Warnings started to go out that Hurricane Matthew that was building in strength in the Caribbean was going to cross to the west and there was going to be a landfall and that there was a very strong probability that that area was going to be inundated. A terrific storm and, and terrific winds and damage. And, and the response was that when the people in authority came and they said, well, it's a warning and, and this great hurricane is going to come in, he just laughed at them. <laughs> hurricane, really? No, no, not here. No, really. Look, it's a beautiful day. It's a lovely Floridian day and... Uh, we're going to go and play golf, and we're going to have dinner tonight, and everything's fine. And the people in authority said, no, 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 listen, listen. There is this great storm, it's building out in the Caribbean, and it is coming this way. And it might be fine today, but, but in a few days' time, it's going to be awful. There's going to be terrific calamity, and, and, uh, and a worse storm than you have ever seen. But no, this group of people, they just laughed, and... Uh, so the folks in authority, they went away, and then they came back the next day. And they said, look, just look up a moment. Look, you see that very thin, kind of wispy kind of cloud just coming up? You see that? That's a warning that there's a storm on the way. No, we've seen that kind of thing before. No, there's no problem. There was no way of persuading these people that this great storm was going to break. They came back the next day. And by now, you could see on the horizon thick cloud bubbling up. Black cloud, dark cloud, storm cloud. And with all that storm cloud on the horizon, there was this great group of people, and it didn't matter what warnings they were given, they just said, no, it's going to be fine. No, no, you're making it up. We'll be good. And in any case, even if a storm comes, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We've had storms before. And you're sitting there and you're saying, but... But I watched the news, and, 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 and I read the papers, and preacher, I'm not quite sure who this big group of people is, because I didn't read of anybody like that down in Florida. When they were given warning, they, they packed up, they got in their cars, they fled north. Well, actually, you're quite right. There wasn't that group of people at all. If there had been that group of people, you'd have just said they were crazy. They would be completely stupid. When they're getting all these warnings of impending calamity, and they just laugh and jeer and say, yeah, but it's a fine day today and it's always going to be like that. Hundreds and hundreds of men and women, and they hear the gospel week in and week out. And part of that message is the fact that yes, a king is going to reign in righteousness and princes will rule in judgment in a day to come. But before that, there is a time of storm and calamity. There is a time of terrible destruction coming upon this world and its arrival is imminent. It's coming. And men and women sit in comfortable halls like this, and they're too polite to laugh outwardly, maybe, but in their hearts they're just kind of laughing. They think the man on the platform is crazy. I want to think with you just for a few minutes about what the Bible says of a coming storm. It is coming. And in fact, if your eyes were to be open to it, there is no doubt that we can see the clouds gathering on the horizon now. Conditions such in the world where we live that make it of no doubt whatsoever that everything that the Bible predicts about the very near future for you and for me is perfectly true. This world has been at enmity with God for a long, long time. Some 6,000 years of biblical history. 
That time is increasing. The strength of that feeling is getting worse and worse. For all that there is still a pretense, particularly in Western society, there is still a pretense to have a sympathy for Christian things. By and large, the world of men and the systems of men are utterly contrary to everything that God says. So when God speaks, men mock. When God speaks, they turn to those who are seeking to tell them what God says, and they just abuse them, and and they, they mock them. And yet the storm clouds are gathering. There is a very real evidence in the world in which we live that the systems of this world, the things that men in their ungodly ways have constructed, they're falling apart. It is clear from the country in which I live, with respect from the country in which you live, clear that the whole experiment with so-called democracy is falling apart. God never intended there to be democracy. God intended theocracy, the rule of God, the rule of heaven. That's how it will be in a future day when that man reigns in righteousness and peace. You see the product of it all. You look at the world morally. You look at the world, whether it's in the scientific sense or the financial sense or whatever aspect of world life you want to look at, it is all falling apart. Amongst thinking people, there is a sense of impending crisis. Something is going to happen. Well, now let me tell you from the Bible what that something is. That something is when divine patience is exhausted with a world of ungodly men and women and a world that has been at enmity and at war with God for years. God is going to declare war on it. It's very soon. Back in 1939, again those same kind of storm clouds were gathering across Europe. Germany was on the rise, and all kinds of different factors were making the pot boil. And in 1939, Germany invaded Poland. And the United Kingdom had an agreement with Poland, a defense treaty. And so when Poland was invaded, Britain was brought into the thing and Our ambassador in Berlin went to the German authorities and said, now, what you have done is contrary to law. It has also contravened the sovereignty of Poland. We're involved in this. So now I am charged by His Majesty's government in the United Kingdom to tell you that if you don't withdraw your troops from Poland by a certain time, then Great Britain will be at war with you. Well, the ambassador was sent packing. Once he was safely back in the United Kingdom, then war was declared. The Second World War formally began. I think of what Paul, the apostle, wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians telling them of his great burden to see them reconciled to God. And he said, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what I am. Humbly, I trust, but that's what I am tonight as I stand before you. An ambassador for Christ. You see, an ambassador is is a person given authority to represent the claims of an absent monarch in a foreign territory. And the one who one day will reign in righteousness upon this earth has been here before. He came to the very world he had made. He came to his own things, the Bible says. And the last time the Lord Jesus was here, the one who had made all things, we as a race of men, We took him and we crucified him. Although the guilt falls primarily upon his people Israel, nevertheless, the whole world was guilty before God. 
And we crucified the Lord Jesus Christ and we put him to an open shame and we said we won't have this man to reign over us. So now he is, well, he's that man in the picture in Luke chapter 19 where you read of a nobleman who's gone into a far country to await his kingdom. That's the Lord Jesus today. That's the man of history. That's the man who was here, born at Bethlehem, who died at Calvary, who is the very source and subject of this gospel message. He's alive. God brought him again out from among the dead, and he's like that nobleman gone into a far country to await his kingdom. There's a man in heaven today, the Savior of sinners, the Son of God. And he's in heaven right now, and he's awaiting the time when he comes to establish his kingdom. So he's an absent monarch, and he has his ambassadors. And his ambassadors represent his claims and his interests in a foreign land. That's what we're doing tonight. We're representing the claims, not of some religion, not of some cult. We're representing the claims of God himself concerning his son, the Lord Jesus. Now, just as his majesty's government in 1939 sent his ambassador to Berlin to make that pronouncement, that deadline, so Christ sends his ambassadors now. And just as it would have been unthinkable had that ambassador come out of the Reichstag in Berlin, had he telephoned London and said to the foreign secretary and to the government, look, I've just been in and seen the chancellor and his people in the Reichstag and, and they've sent me packing. There's no way they're going to withdraw. Oh, well, in that case, says the defense minister, we'll start dropping bombs right now. So oh, you can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't do that. No, no, wait till the ambassador's safely home. That's what happened. The ambassador formally came back to the UK. That declaration of war that had been made then came into effect. Dear friends, I want you to understand this. This is real now. Not just preachers, Christians, those who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, those who have made a very crucial decision in a past day in their lives to, by faith, obey the gospel message that they have repented before the living God of their sins. By faith, they have laid their whole weight for eternity upon Christ as the only Savior of sinners. And God has forgiven their sins. They're saved from any prospect of punishment. And they're saved from the power of sin. And every one of those Christians is an ambassador for Christ. And God, through those ambassadors, is making known his claims. Repent! 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 And very, very soon, God is going to withdraw his ambassadors. The Bible makes it very clear that the absent king, the absent Lord Jesus, is going to come to the air, and in a moment, secretly and suddenly, he's going to remove from this world every believer in the Lord Jesus. And it could easily, easily happen before this meeting is finished. Crazy stuff? No, no. Our faith and our trust, our belief in these things lies not so much in the statements themselves in the Word of God. It lies in the one who wrote the Word of God. It lies in the one whose word it is. God doesn't lie. Three quarters of this book was prophetic when it was written. A great deal of it has already been fulfilled. Even human logic would say, when so much of it has already been fulfilled, any human logic would say the rest of it's going to be fulfilled. Don't you think that if ever the book had been written, that showed how the Bible was wrong. 
Don't you suppose if that book had been written, it wouldn't be the bestseller that there ever was? This, by the way, remains the bestseller. The book that shows the Bible is wrong hasn't been written because it can't be written. Dear friends, we're telling you what the Word of God says. And this world is fast approaching a tremendous crisis. And God is about to declare war on a world that's at war with him. And before he declares war, his ambassadors will be withdrawn. Christ is going to come into the air. He's going to call to be with himself bodily, every Christian that he ever saved by the power of his precious blood. Could be today. Could be today. Will you be taken? Will you be left? Are you saved? Is your faith and trust in Christ? Has there been a time when you confessed your sins before a righteous God and cast yourself upon his mercy for salvation? My dear friends, tonight, if you're sitting here unsaved, I would hate, I wouldn't even for all the wealth in the world swap places with you. You are gambling with moments of time. Moments of time. And who knows, but the Lord Jesus could come to the air very, very soon. His church taken home. And when the ambassadors are withdrawn, that's when God declares war. And the Bible tells us about it. It'll be an awful thing. Men and women, a world system that seemingly has sinned with impunity. And they mock and they laugh. And they say, where is the promise of his coming? Have you noticed how even in the past few years, how sin has emboldened men? They do things which are dreadful and blasphemous and perverse. And when nothing happens, they say, see, there isn't a God at all, so we can do worse than this. And God is just waiting for that cup to fill up. He's patient, he's long-suffering, still in his mercy the gospel is being preached. How many times have you heard it now? Perhaps you'll never hear it again. And very swiftly and suddenly God's ambassadors will be withdrawn and his war will begin. John, the apostle, who wrote the book of the Revelation, was given great detail of how once those ambassadors have been withdrawn, once the believers in the Lord Jesus have been taken away from this world, then there will begin a seven-year program of terrible, terrible judgment. My dear friends, tonight you have to put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And blood has been shed, and God has looked upon that blood. There is no question that the work of Christ necessary to enable sinners like you and me to be saved and sheltered from that awful coming storm, the work has been done. Your faith tonight, not so much even in the work, must be in the person who did the work. By grace are we saved through faith. It is the kindness of God. It's the goodness of God. My friend tonight, whoever you are, if you're not saved, listen, God has been very, very good to you tonight. He's warned you again. But he might have warned you for the last time. Judgment is coming. War is coming. The wrath of God is coming. You need to be saved. There's a man who's a hiding place. He's a shelter from the storm. Because he bore the storm himself. He bore it at Calvary. And at Calvary, the Lord Jesus endured the storm of divine judgment. And he came out from it and he cried, it is finished. And after he'd been into death, God raised him from the dead to show that that work was complete. And that's where you need to be. You need that man. There is a man who's a hiding place. There is a man who's a shelter from the storm. And he's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's my saviour. And he can be your saviour too. But you need to repent. 
And you need to believe the gospel. And you need to be saved. Indeed, storm clouds are gathering. We can see them all around us. Do you realize that the Bible predicts these future events in detail? The important question to ask is, am I ready? Have I found shelter in the hiding place, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who bore the storm of God's wrath against sin? Have I run to him for safety and shelter? Well, you need to. Repent of your sins and of your wrong thoughts about God, and trust Christ. Don't gamble any longer with the precious moments that God has given you. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you would like some literature that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.